Hello, book nerds, and welcome to episode 12 of the Gene Book Nerd Podcast. Today's episode is short and sweet. A few tidbits, and then an awesome conversation with the out-of-this-world Ashley Eckstein. Drop the beat, DJ. Alright, let's get started. On last week's episode, we had a lengthy interview, and I chose to keep the intro and outro short. This week, I do want to talk about a few things of interest. In honor of our guests, they will be space-themed. One thing that broke recently out of a convention in Las Vegas was that Sir Patrick Stewart would be returning to the Star Trek universe for a new show on the CBS All Access platform. I grew up watching The Next Generation, so I am heavily intrigued by this news. However, at this time, there were reportedly no scripts or launch dates of what I assume will be a limited series. That will be something to watch for. I had checked out Star Trek Discovery this last season and really enjoyed it, and that has also been picked up for a season two on that platform as well. In the real science world, we human beings have launched a probe destined for the star at the center of our corner of the universe. In a first-of-its-kind mission, the Parker Solar Probe will journey to the sun and take measurements just inside the sun's atmosphere at 4 million miles from the sun's surface. That may sound like a lot, and it is. Keep in mind how large the sun is, and for a comparison, the Earth's only moon sits between 225,000 and 252,000 miles from Earth, depending where it is in orbit. So 4 million miles, 252,000 miles. I am curious to see how this little probe fares in its travels and what it finds once it reaches its target. Bringing it back down to Earth for a second, be sure to check out the new content on the Gene Book Nerd website. You'll find the latest author interviews, more San Diego Comic-Con interviews, and soon, Interviews from the Holly Short Film Festival currently taking place right there in Old Hollywood itself. The team has been on site getting the word from plenty of attendees, and those little ditties will be popping up on the website, as well as the Gene Book Nerd YouTube channel. Now, as I mentioned before, the wonderful Ashley Eckstein was able to have a conversation with me recently in which we talk recent Star Wars news and her latest project. That project would be her debut book called It's Your Universe, You Have the Power to Make It Happen. Ashley is also the creator of the clothing line Her Universe which is available via the web and inside Hot Topic stores everywhere. We only had so long and I didn't get the chance to talk with her about this clothing line and how amazing it is. It's a clothing line designed for female fans by a female fan and covers all kinds of pop culture IPs. Now let's talk with the master of her universe, Miss Ashley Eckstein. Oh, hi Mark. Um, this is Ashley Eckstein. How are you? Good, how about you? I'm not too bad, thank you for asking. How's your morning been? Oh, great, great so far. How about yours? Uh, not too bad, I have a few complaints. I know you're super busy, so do you just want to dive right into it? Yes, yeah, sure, let's dive right in. Okay, Ashley, so a lot of people know you as Ahsoka Tano from the Star Wars universe. They may not know that you actually have a clothing line called Her Universe, and you actually have a new book out that came out in May called It's Your Universe. You have the power to make it happen. There's a lot of universes going on here, but um, <laughs> primarily before we talk about the book, um, I do want to say congratulations at San Diego. You guys announced a new season of Clone Wars, and I heard the audience went bonkers. And can you kind of tell us what the emotion was like at that point when the crowd went nuts? Oh my goodness. At San Diego Comic-Con, when we announced that Star Wars The Clone Wars was coming back, um, that will go down as one of, I think, the top 
top moments of my life so far. <laughs> um, and I'm not over-exaggerating. It was, it was so special. Um, you know, it, obviously it had been a secret that we had been keeping for a while. Um, I found out in January, so I've been holding on to the secret since January. And, um, you know, somehow in a day and age where, you know, uh, we have spoilers everywhere and social media everywhere, uh, we managed to keep it a secret, which is, which is exciting. Um, so when, when the trailer played and, you know, that whole room found out for the first time it was over 2,000 people, um, it went nuts. Like, literally, I haven't felt electricity or, like, emotion like that. There's very few times in my life where I've felt something like that. And even me, like, I burst into tears immediately um, because, you know, this show coming back means so much to me. It's, you know, it's definitely a gift that I didn't think I'd, I'd ever receive. You know, when Clone Wars ended, I truly thought that it ended for good. So it, it really is amazing and, and surreal. In many ways, I still pinch myself. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I, I, I've, I wasn't there personally, but I've heard so many stories of, you know, people are like, is this going to be a new movie? And then when the trailer started off, it's like, oh, yeah, it looks like it's just going to be a new movie just about clones. And then they showed Anakin and people started to be like, whoa, 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 what's happening? What's happening here? And then they showed you, and it's just, oh man, I, I wish I had been there. It's wonderful to hear about the electricity, and that's saying a lot considering some of the uh, stuff you talk about in your book, um, as far as it being one of the, the best moments of your life. Now, your book came out in May, and as I said before, it's called your, It's Your Universe, You Have the Power to Make It Happen. And it's a very unique book. I, I, I listened to the audio version, which you narrate, and you did a wonderful job, by the way. Oh, thank you. And it, it's it's very unique in the fact that it's it's like part motivation and part biography. How did you kind of work that out? Because this is your first book, right? Yes, yes. This is my first book, and I have to say the fact that this book even exists um, should show that anything is possible. <laughs> because I had once said that I would never write a book. Um, I just didn't think I had it in me. I, you know, I thought that, you know, that just, and I was okay with that. I thought that I wasn't kind of born with the talent to write a book, and I had just resigned to the fact that it wasn't going to happen. Um, and when the opportunity came about, uh, you know, Disney actually said, they said, oh, don't worry, you know, we can actually, you know, pair you with an author, and you can just talk to them, and they can write it for you. Um, and, and I did that, and, you know, Stacy Kravitz is, is the author that they paired me with, and she was so amazing to work with and worked with me for two months and you know she helped me with the structure of the book which is what I realized was my brick wall that I didn't know how to structure all the thoughts in my head um, and and write a book and then when it came down to the actual book itself um, you know Stacy delivered me the first manuscript and it was great but there was one major problem it wasn't in my voice at all. And I, I thought, you know, if I'm truly going to say this is my book, I have to write it myself. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I literally locked myself in my apartment for five days straight, and um, I just wrote. And for me, you know, having never written a book before, I, I wrote the way that I talk. So I wrote like I was just having a conversation with the reader. And... 
Um, I turned in the rough draft, and luckily I have an amazing editor at Disney that, you know, worked with me, Laura Hopper, and um, then we worked for a couple more weeks to, to finalize it, and, um, you know, a month later, I legitimately had a book that I wrote myself, which was amazing um, that, that it was possible, and, and now it's like, okay, you know, I, I even have to listen to my own advice constantly. Um, anything is possible. Even what you think the is the impossible is possible. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, what I, what I, how this came about with Disney is somebody at Disney asked if I would write an autobiography or a memoir. And, um, you know, I told them, I said, you know, I just don't feel that I've done enough or, you know, I've achieved enough to write a memoir. That, that word was very scary to me. Um, but I, I did tell them, I said, you know, I don't have any of this. I don't have being the voice of Ahsoka. I don't have starting her universe. If the world of Disney and the universe of Star Wars didn't teach me that, you know, if I could dream it, I can do it. Um, and Disney taught me to believe that I could. And so I said I would tell my story only if you would let me tell it in a version of an advice book and an inspirational book. And, and luckily they said yes to that. So that's why we have It's Your Universe. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I did notice that it, it kind of helped that you were the narrator for the audiobook because, as you just said, you wrote it like you were talking to the reader, and then in the audio version, you are talking to the reader. So it was really, really strange. It, it pulled me in like you were actually sitting there in person talking to me, just the way that everything's worded and everything. So I think you did a wonderful job. You you mentioned a, a couple times there about you wouldn't have a lot without Disney and I don't want to go too much into the book because I want people to read it for themselves but you did grow up around Disney literally um, from a small girl uh, working your way up and then struggling in LA and then you got your way back in it's just like Disney's been there your whole life are, are you a real life Disney princess is, is that what's going on here <laughs> you know I I actually say that all the time um, that uh, in my mind I'm a real life Disney princess um, because, and not not because I, you know, uh, want to be this princess that lives in the castle, um, even though I'd love that too. I have an obsession with the royals uh, <laughs> in, in the UK. But I say that because ever since I was a little girl, um, and I talk about this in, a great, uh, in, in great detail in the book, um, but ever since I was a little girl, I've been inspired by the Disney princesses. And it's never been about the desire to, you know, be a princess and wear the pretty dresses and live in the castle. It's, it's more the lessons that they teach us, the empowering lessons about, you know, never giving up on your dreams and, and um, you know, finding your voice and always seeing the light and, and being a warrior, literally being a warrior. Um, and so I take those lessons with me every day. And so to me, that's what being a real-life Disney princess means is literally attacking your day with these lessons that they teach you. So I literally take a piece of Ariel, a piece of Cinderella, a piece of Mulan, a piece of um, Tiana. I mean, I love Tiana and, you know, her song Almost There and, you know, working, you know, really hard and what that means to work hard. And so I, I take a, a piece of the Disney princesses with me throughout my day. That's actually evident throughout the book, too, because you, you use those, I don't know if interlude's the right word, but um, between biography sections, you actually talk about what each princess has, has meant to you or, 
or break down something from their story and how it relates to real life. And that also lends to the uniqueness of, of your book. Now, one thing you talk about in your book is um, challenges that you face when you started becoming an actress, challenges that, that you faced when you started her universe, your, your clothing line. One thing that's missing from the book, obviously, are challenges you faced while writing the book. Now, you did mention you've never written a book yeah. before, but do, do you think you know of one challenge that you face that you might be able to talk about? Absolutely. I mean, well, like I said, the very first challenge, and and I realized after working with, with Stacy is that the reason I said that I could never write a book is not actually that I couldn't write it. It was that I didn't know how to do a chapter outline. I didn't know how to give the book structure. Um, and... And so I think once I was able to get over that hurdle, I, I had benchmarks. I had that structure that I needed, and then I was able to write the book. Um, and so that was obviously, you know, a game changer for me um, and, you know, allowed me to write it. But I think, you know, the thing I, um, I, I say in the book, a piece of advice that I do give in the book, and this, this applies to writing the book as well, is, um, you know, I say when you have a dream, you have to, instead of, you know, being consumed by the end goal, I think sometimes, you know, if you compare your dream to climbing up a mountain, you um, literally, if you only look at the top of the mountain and that's all you focus on, it can be overwhelming and you might not start that hike. But if you break it apart into smaller steps, and into smaller goals, where if you just look up at the top of the mountain and say, okay, I'm not going to look at the top. I'm going to set a benchmark and just, you know, look at uh, maybe just that little ridge up there. I'm going to make it just to that ridge <laughs> and break it apart into smaller steps. Um, that's how you're eventually going to get to the top. And so that's that's what I do is I break my, my dream, I break my goal down into smaller steps, and I only focus on achieving that small step and then I celebrate that that you know that achievement when I actually get you know to the end of that first step um, then I celebrate it and then I move on to the next step or um, the, you know the next bridge or the next plateau that I need to get to in order to get to the top of the mountain um, and if you break things down into smaller steps then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're going to be at the end goal. You're going to achieve your dream. You're going to be at the top of the mountain. And so for me with the book, I was very overwhelmed. All I could see in the beginning was, oh, my gosh, I have to write this book, which in the beginning, you know, they they said it could be anywhere between, you know, uh, thirty to 50,000 words. And all I saw was 50,000 words. <laughs> I didn't see... I didn't see, like, okay, let's just break it down. Let's do 5,000 words at a time. Um, and so I actually took a nap. <laughs> I got so overwhelmed. I took a three-hour nap. And um, then I woke up, and then I actually went to the grocery store. <laughs> and I got a bunch of Oreos. I think I got the most unhealthy, um, you know, grocery shopping trip possible. I, I think I stocked up on Oreos, Lucky Charms, and Chef Boyardee, which <laughs> is awful. Um, but I, like, reverted back to my childhood comfort foods. And then I came home. I ate some Oreos, a bowl of Lucky Charms, 
And then I just broke it down into small steps. I said, you know what? I'm not going to look at the whole book. I'm just going to focus on writing the first chapter, which is dream. And I'm going to focus on writing 5,000 words, which is essentially like an essay, a long essay. And um, that's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to focus on. And then once I achieved that, once I wrote that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was easy. I, I, now, okay, let me move on to wish because I break it down into chapters. Um, so I break making a dream come true down into chapters. So it starts with a dream, then a wish, then you believe, then you do, then you transform, and then you trust. So I just, you know, broke it down and I started with writing the dream chapter, then the wish chapter, and before I knew it, I had written the whole book. Wonderful, wonderful. So you heard it here first, guys. Step one in achieving your dreams is take a three-hour nap. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> it made it easier after that. Yeah. All right, Ashley, we're, we're just about out of time here. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule and, and sharing with us. Before we say goodbye, do you have any uh, upcoming projects you want you want to plug or uh, social media you want people to find you at? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing now is, you know, definitely um, if you're interested, check out the book. It's your universe. You have the power to make it happen. Um, you can get it wherever books are sold. Um you know, and check out, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to your local bookstore and request it. Um, and then you can follow along uh, um, on social media. I'm uh, at Her Universe on Instagram, at Her Universe on Twitter, um, and Her Universe on Facebook. And you can check out our Her Universe clothes on HerUniverse.com, HotTopic.com, BoxLunch.com, or at Disney Parks and Disney Stores. Great. And last but not least, in the book, this is the only thing I'm going to say from the book, during your time auditioning for Ahsoka, you mentioned you had to learn an Icelandic accent because that's what they wanted. Do you remember how to do that? And there, is there any way you can give us a sample of that before we say goodbye? <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, um, I, it was so long ago. <laughs> it was literally almost 12 years ago now that I did that. Um and really, the disconnect is Dave Filoni wanted Ahsoka to sound more like Bjork, um, the singer Bjork. Yeah. And um, pure Icelandic, which is what I learned, sounds more Irish. And so I have to tell you, I, I you know, butchered what he wanted back then. Um, I, I, I still could, I, I can't do it today. It would just sound so crazy. So just imagine Ahsoka sounding Irish, which I... I really can't no longer do um and and so i'm just gonna leave you with just my voice because um the reason uh that we settled on my voice for soka is because my audition was so bad that um they they didn't want anyone to hear soka sounding like that so thankfully they let me use my voice <laughs> well when you kind of when they kind of said you needed to do better and you kind of snapped back at them i was like oh that is so ahsoka <laughs> I know, I know. I literally got the the voice of Ahsoka for being myself. Um, so <laughs> I think we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, Ashley. Um, thank you so much for for getting in contact with us and and having this little chat with me. Um, I'll make sure to drive people to check out the book. It is a wonderful book. And thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy, but thank you so much, Miss Ashley Eckstein. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, and I uh, hope you have a great day. You too. Thank you, Ashley. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
welcome back. A big thank you to Ashley for that conversation and for sharing with us the process of writing. It's your universe. You have the power to make it happen. As mentioned, this book is available in all bookstores and also available as an audiobook in which Ashley reads it herself. As I mentioned during the interview, she did a fantastic job. Check it out. I recommend it. Be sure to check out the Her Universe line at heruniverse.com and hottopic.com to see what they have to offer. I haven't mentioned it lately, but if you want to reach out to us, email us at podcast at genebuchner.com or at me on Twitter at new Marky Mark, new spelled N-U, then Marky Mark, or at Gene Booknerd. That's about it for this episode and another page for genebooknerd.com. Now for some final words from the most awesome Padawan to ever exist. Sorry, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Search in your hearts, you know it to be true. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars and founder of Her Universe, and you're listening to genethebooknerd.com. <laughs>